With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our final mock drafts of the 2023 season. It's been a long road. We've gotten here, the top 31 picks, and I want to crumple mine up and throw it in the shoulder and uh, put it in the trash can, Hayden. Already? Things I've, I've learned in the last hour, and we're going to get to all of those. Hayden and I are both going to put our mock drafts through a simulator so you can see our thought process and how we went through them. And I'm also going to tell you everything that I have heard in the last hour that is making me question everything that I previously heard in the last month. All right? Let's do it. <laughs> this is not the show I anticipated, but it's the one you all deserve. Okay. Um, we'll see how this goes. So my mock draft is in the link down below. If you're tuning in after the live show, Hayden's, I'm sure we'll put his in there as well. Uh, first up, this is not where things get crazy for me. This is Bryce Young at number one. And then we get to number two. And this is where the chaos happens. Hayden, I believe you have Will Anderson at this selection. I have Will Anderson at this selection. And I do believe if the Texans inevitably do make one selection here, it is going to be Will Anderson as the priority. However, and there is a reason why I have Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft up here. And it's not because I'm getting this idea from DJ, who is at the draft and incredibly plugged in, but around 11.40 p.m. Eastern, I get a phone call saying the Houston Texans are trying to move up for a quarterback. That meaning from pick 12 all the way up. Now, that doesn't totally make sense and jive, and I understand questions. Why wouldn't they just take them at number two overall? Um, the bigger question was who? Who would the quarterback be that you move up for throughout this entire process? Our friends, people that we know, you have seen them list Will Levis as the pick at number two. I am terrified, Hayden. I am terrified that we have been lied to this entire time. And CJ Stroud is actually the quarterback that the Houston Texans are into. But it's not just the Texans that are into this quarterback. The Tennessee oh, really? are into this quarterback and potentially also both teams are trying to figure out who the Indianapolis Colts are into as well. So it's not just, hey, can we get up there with the Arizona Cardinals and trade at the number three spot? It's also, should we even be having these phone calls? But what if Indianapolis just takes them at four? But if they don't, then it's easier to trade up after that. I'll take a breath. 
in my first mock draft after the Bryce Young news to one was this one where the Texans get CJ Stroud and then they trade up to get Will Anderson. And the reason why I've always thought that this was possible, if this does come true, is because we have multiple people in the building that like CJ Stroud, some people that don't. Uh, but I think ownership wants a quarterback, and I think D'Amico Ryans wants a premier edge rusher. So that's how they would get to the spot. I'm a little confused why they would take Will Anderson first and then try to trade up for the quarterback and not vice versa. Obviously, that will have some draft implications when it comes to the markets. But I think ultimately something that we talked about in the last stream is when all the news is contradicting each other, and that's what happened this draft cycle, back to the basics. Did you watch the tape? Have you looked at the numbers? Of CJ Stroud, to me, he was clearly always in this first year. That's where the initial reports were. So I would not be surprised if CJ Stroud goes ahead of Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, despite all the FUD that we've had on him. He's been the best quarterback in, in the class, him and Bryce Young, this entire time until we got to the 11th hour. So I had CJ Stroud as the, the second quarterback off the board. Um, we'll see what happens here. I would not anticipate Will Levis being the selection at number two. And if you read the mock draft, uh, you will see that I suggest that some teams are nervous about Tyree Wilson's ankle. Um, I don't know if the Texans are, but that is something that some teams are knocking for. So that's why he's dropping in mind just a touch. Um, I also want to bring up this Adam Schefter tweet that we are literally going to read between the lines. Okay. While Houston hasn't received much trade action so far for the number two pick, duh. The Texans have explored explore the idea of moving off their second first round pick the number 12 selection per sources. Texans have made calls about moving back in round one and also moving up. This is our friend Adam Schefter first putting what the Texans do not want to do in moving back from number 12 and almost hiding what their intentions are, which is moving back up later on in this tweet. So the, the sentence, the stanza to look at is those last five words and also moving back up. So we know Adam Schefter is on the scene. We know Daniel Jeremiah is on the scene and both are suggesting at this moment that the Texans want to move back up for a quarterback. Now, what I had previously heard this past week when really digging is that the Texans weren't into CJ Stroud. I think this has been a bit of a cat and mouse game, but I, I also want to reiterate that I firmly believe, and when we get to the Titans, I'll explain why I have them at that spot, taking C.J. Stroud. They're not the only team in on this. I think it will be very difficult to move from 12 or 11 all the way up to number three. For one, for the Titans, it's easier at 11 if you say, hey, that's one spot ahead of the Texans. But I think they have picked 41 in the second round, and obviously the Texans have picked 33. Mm -hmm. I believe so. It's easier if you include that second round pick. Um, but no matter what, I think both their only chance of getting CJ Stroud is if you, if he makes it past that number four overall selection with the Indianapolis Colts, because then that trade, that deal gets much easier. Even if the Cardinals are very, very willing to move off of that number three overall pick. So to summarize, we believe Will Anderson is going to be a Texan. We, th we think and we also think that the NFL actually does like C.J. Stroud because he was very, very good at Ohio State um, and that he will probably go to the Texans or the Titans or the Colts potentially in a trade up and most likely will go in the first four picks. And we were lied to this entire time. I know that this all sounds crazy, 
and it sounds last minute, but we are, you know, less than 24 hours away from this thing happening. And sometimes we don't know exactly what is going to happen until the day of right mm -hmm. now. The other part of this is what if the Texans realize, Hey, we can't get up to number three and we actually do need a quarterback. We don't want Davis Mills making starts next year. Could CJ Stroud outright be the number two pick? I think that is a pathway that could piece together in the next 24 hours. But I do believe as of right now, Will Anderson is the favorite for the number two overall selection. Okay, so if you're looking at the the markets out there, like team to draft C.J. Stroud to the Texans would be interesting to you and to the Titans and I think to the Colts, yes. uh, but potentially maybe not second overall. There's a chance that you believe that could be Will Anderson second and third is C.J. Stroud because people have to get the exact order on some of this stuff too. There's a chance that it can go either way, I know here, but I, based off of what you're relaying to me, I just think that the summary here is CJ Stroud's going early and all of this nonsense was people getting smoke screens out there to see if they can fall. And they're basically all trying to figure out. And by the way, this is very rare. The Texans, the Titans and the Colts are the, th the three teams that we think are in play here. All of them in the same exact division. So the stakes have never been higher. That's why we probably have so much BS. And that's why this whole time, including my mock draft, I went back to the basics. Who's supposed to go high Who or who is ranked high? Who did I like on tape? And that's where I, kind of slighted all this thing in mock drafts but let's go through it and i think you can find and look this is not financial advice but will anderson to be the second overall pick still at like plus 275 out there he's still the third favorite for that slot well there's a stroud at like plus 600 for that spot mm. Mm. i don't know i don't know either uh that's just all the information that has been relayed to me and we'll talk again about the connection i think the titans have to cj stroud a bit later on okay, okay. pick number three and why I think it's difficult for the Arizona Cardinals to move off of this is I I am in on the recent connections and public ones to Paris Johnson, namely because after this season, I don't think a single starting offensive lineman is under contract other than DJ Humphreys, who will be 31 at the time, and they could cut him to save money. So like if you are building for the future, you're starting maybe right tackle now, but left tackle in the future is definitely a place to start. Yeah, I had Tyree Wilson in mind for three. So we both had uh, the top two. Then I had Tyree Wilson. Paris Johnson, lots of buzz there. I, 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 They can get out of DJ Humphrey's contract, but relative to cornerback and edge rusher, I thought it was the position that they actually had versus they have no edge rushers or no corners. Um, I think they're going to try to trade down. We'll see. I think that Paris Johnson, uh, Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson, and either of the edge rusher or e either of the corners all make sense. I think they're kind of a wild card spot still. All right, Indianapolis Colts, and after the conversation I had about quarterbacks earlier, I feel even worse about this, but I am going to stick with what the mock draft is written, obviously, and I'm going with Anthony Richardson here as the quarterback two off the board. Um, I know that there's a lot of Will Levis steam here. I think that there are just different fans in that building of different quarterbacks, um, and I'm just going to go with Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I've I've seen Buzz, Stroud, Richardson, and Will Levis here. So I went back to the basics. I had Stroud as my first quarterback going to the Colts here, um, but we'll see if some team trades up to him. And I think that Anthony Richardson is going to go ahead of Will Levis. Yeah, and I think if Stroud goes at this spot, what I discussed earlier, the Titans' dream, the Texans' dream is likely dead. Um, and look, I'm not lying to you guys. I would never do that. I am just uh, honestly conveying what I've picked up in the last hour because – I am into that. I am into learning about the buzz. And I think all of you are as well. And if it doesn't happen, 
you might think I'm lying. I am certainly not. This is just what is being uh, relayed over in my direction. And on top of that, this just makes sense. If the Texans liked CJ Stroud, who had what 40 touchdowns, about a five interceptions, that would make some sense as well. So I, I'm, I'm partially in on this. And we have DJ saying it, and we have the Adam Schefter connection as well with the trade up. So, anyways, Seattle Seahawks. It, this is the pick that I went totally back and forth on. My brain is totally split. For let's say the last month, I had Tyree Wilson here as stamped in pen in ink and I'm feel like I'm getting good information on both sides, but the overwhelming sentiment seems to be that now Jalen Carter is going to be the pick. Um, again, sides that I trust in each year are telling me different things, but then the day I went with Jalen Carter here to the Seattle Seahawks. There was a lot of late movement at fifth and sixth overall Jalen Carter, Devin Witherspoon are now favorites. And it's kind of hard to be a favorite uh, with like minus odds that late into the draft. Uh, I think the fits at Jalen Carter to five makes a lot of sense, especially if Tyree Wilson's foot causes a fall. Um, And then I think the lions make a lot of sense with Devin Witherspoon as well. Detroit lions at number six, Devin Witherspoon is what I have here. This is the chalk of all chalk. I am going to eat it. Um, now I think an interesting conversation here, Hayden is let's say CJ Stroud is not the quarterback selection at number four, who is going to be one of these teams that's willing to trade out. I don't see Seattle being one of those teams because they're probably a high grade on Jalen Carter and maybe Tyree Wilson. I don't see it being Detroit either with this cornerback selection. Um, so I think the, the lines are going to stick here at six and I, I would love for them to take a quarterback, but here I have corner instead. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that they do quarterback. Uh, we'll see if they like one of these other ones instead. Okay. I have the other corner in Christian Gonzalez here. I went back and forth with him and actually Peter Skaronsky for this selection. Uh, reached out to some people that know the Raiders very well. And they basically told me that the public perception of the Raiders offensive line isn't as uh, is, is more negative than what they think of it inside of the building. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with Gonzalez, who uh, obviously his traits, his strengths fit the direction that the Raiders want to go defensively. Yeah, I think that cornerback's probably their biggest need right now. So I will also add Christian Gonzalez here. Okay, last time I'll say this. If there is going to be a trade up from either the Texans or the Titans, I think number eight here to the Atlanta Falcons makes the most sense. Um, I think that the the Falcons might like Nolan Smith, they might like B. John Robinson. I gave them Tyree Wilson here uh, because he is still on the board, um, who surely they probably have a good grade on. But I do want to reiterate that this foot injury that Tyree Wilson did not heal in time to participate in the draft process, I think is going to not necessarily stun some people because there's still a chance he's a very early pick. But when he was consistently mocked to number two overall, I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore. Yeah, foot injuries are big problems and players slide all the time. So I think it's going to be one of these situations where his range of outcomes is just a lot wider. He can still go very high. I had him at third overall. We don't know if the Cardinals have him on their board or not because of the injury. We don't know if the Seahawks have him on their board or not. So I think that nobody should be confident in where Tyree Wilson goes right now. Chicago Bears, uh, a name that I've that's picked up buzz, I would say, over the last week or two in connection to the Bears is Darnell Wright. 
the tackle out of Tennessee. He's played both at right tackle. He's played both at left tackle. So often you hear when Ryan Poles talks, it's, hey, we want to get the best five guys out there. So that fits that in terms of being able to play either spot. And uh, I will add, if Jalen Carter was on the board, this is the spot I would put him in. I think this is the latest he will go. Yeah, I think the Jalen Carter range is like probably the Seahawks at five, then down to the Eagles at 10. And there's a chance that the Eagles would get in front of the Bears for that. Um, if not, like what both of us have, it's offensive tackle. I went with Paris Johnson. You have Darnell Wright because Paris Johnson went earlier. But I think that we, we're, we're zoning in on offensive tackle here. Yeah, again, this 8-9 spot is a potential trade down area if a quarterback is on the board for the 11-12. Um, now... I threw out the big brain idea last night, Hayden, that the Eagles could potentially trade up and be interested in that number three overall selection if Will Anderson was on the board uh, as their top pass rusher. He is not in this case, and so I'm going to follow the tea leaves and go with Nolan Smith. I understand people have compared him to Hassan Reddick throughout the entire process, so why why have two of them? Well, uh, you can never have too many freakishly athletic pass rushers, especially when you're a Howie Roseman and uh, you build the Eagles roster to contend for a Super Bowl. Yeah, they only have six picks. I can see them trading up because they're a Super Bowl piece away, and they, I can also see them trading down uh, because they only have six picks, or I can see them staying with the trenches at 10. So Nolan Smith makes a lot of sense. That's what I had, too. All right. Here is where I have currently C.J. Stroud. And I didn't see this really floated around anywhere, Hayden. I want to bring this attention to you. I don't think I will play it. Uh, in terms of the volume, but Diana Rossini, who is very close to Mike Vrabel and the Titans organization, who is on assignment covering the Titans draft at the end, these last 10 seconds says, and I quote, the Titans have their eyes on a quarterback and they'll do everything they can to get him. Now they did not bring in CJ Stroud for a visit. But Mike Vrabel, immediately after Shaw's workout, said, hey, come meet me in the wide receiver room. We're going to chat. They have as much background as anyone on C.J. Stroud because of Mike Vrabel's background um, and connections with the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I think these are the two teams, if the Colts do not take them at number four, they're going to ballot out in terms of the Titans and the Texans. It's so fun. This entire division is shooting up for a quarterback. Like that. This, to me, is just so impressive. The three teams that are going to be vying for this. I had the Titans with a slight trade up for Anthony Richardson because I think there's a better chance that Anthony Richardson falls than CJ Stroud. And uh, there was happens to be a connection. Rand Carthon, the GM for the Titans played football at Florida. So I, I think that he has a big uh, background on Anthony Richardson who said he had a great time visiting with them. So uh, there was also buzz that Ryan Tannehill is definitely on the trade market. So getting a rookie in here at the right time would make some sense. Um, so I'm expecting the Titans to be one of those teams to get a quarterback. I have it with Richardson. You have it with Stroud. I think that it's fairly likely that one of us is right. Ryan Tannehill is not long for the Titans roster and the future does not run through Malik Willis at all. Uh, mm -hmm. So a quarterback move, I think, is is likely this weekend, even if Carthon was a part of that 49ers uh, group that made the deal up for Trey Lance. This is a different time, a different place, and uh, it just makes sense for a team that, honestly, by the end of the weekend, Ryan Tannehill could be dealt, if we're being honest. Can we get him to the Falcons, please? Save Kyle Pitts. <laughs> um, okay. Pick 12. I have B. John Robinson here. Same. Um, 
So I understand. And just like all of you, I love me some Damian Pierce, but if the Texans at number two go with Will Anderson, they can say, Hey, we got the top defensive player in this draft. Then at coming back at number 12, uh, after in this case, CJ Stroud is off the board. Hey, we got the best offensive player in this class and B. John Robinson. And in this mock draft, they are not done. They will trade back in at the end of the first round to potentially get a quarterback. And what do we call it, Hayden? The triple podium. The you get three podium. people. You get the the Texans hats. You get the jerseys. You get them in suits. And then you parade them around the city. And you pretend that there's no other holes on the roster. Who did you have here to number 12? I had Will Anderson, then Bijan Robinson. And then I had yep. them trading up for a certain Kentucky quarterback later on, which I fear that you have the exact same thing. The, the, the rare triple podium. But both of us love it. So Green Bay and the New York Jets flip picks from 15 to 13 in the Aaron Rodgers deal. It's subtle move, but I think a noteworthy move because when you look at it on paper, the Packers, the Patriots and the jets all have very similar needs. The player I'm going with here is Jackson Smith and Jigba for the green Bay Packers. Now this could easily be Lucas Van Ness, potentially an offensive lineman. Um, but I'm going with JSN here. Uh, I have been told that the Patriots and maybe even Bill Belichick himself has done heavy homework on JSN personally. Okay. And so maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that little leapfrog puts me in the JSN to green Bay category because they knew they had to get in front of the Patriots for him. Biggest needs wide receivers and tight ends. You typically don't draft tight ends this early. There's not even consensus who the tight end one is. Uh, and there's more of a consensus around JSN. I also had him in there. Also perfect scheme fit. Really? Uh, Jordan love definitely is going to need some more bodies around him you get christian watson on all the deep stuff yards after the catch stuff as well and then to have jackson smith and jigba eat over the middle to me it's like everything including the thresholds are perfect here 14 new england patriots peter skronsky um the team has not worried about arm length in their past you can just look at the isaiah win selection who many people projected at guard because of his arm length i know that didn't work but just we go through thresholds and process here when talking about uh, offensive linemen and team picks and if they, you know, like Trent Brown, if Riley Reef and Calvin Anderson, I believe, are like their three tackles and they're comfortable with those, then you just have the transition of Peter Skoronsky moving inside to guard, just like Joe Tooney did for them as well. So Skoronsky to the Patriots is an ideal fit to me. This one makes so much sense. I had another offensive lineman. I had Broderick Jones here, but I think the Skoronsky fit even makes more sense for the reasons that you laid out. They brought in Bill O'Brien for a reason. They're trying to make amends with Mac Jones after a terrible last season. Getting an offensive lineman in here would certainly be a massive win for him. Broderick Jones is a selection I have for the New York Jets at pick 15. Uh, there are some teams where I really pay attention to certain media members and who they have projected to these teams. Daniel Jeremiah in like his previous, I don't know, three mock drafts, I believe, had Broderick Jones here. He and Joe Douglas are tight. Okay. Mm -hmm. Todd McShay had Broderick Jones to the New York Jets in at least one of his previous mock drafts. He and Joe Douglas, I believe, were teammates at Richmond together. <laughs> uh, now, I don't know if they had them in their final ones because things can change. But based on how the board fell and Skronsky's not on the board here, I'm going with Broderick Jones. Yeah, I, I, those last two picks flip-flopped and I regret it. What could you do? No, but I think if Broderick Jones goes to the Patriots at 14, then I can see Skronsky going at 15 there for sure. 
Yeah, the Skaronsky stuff, I can see him going as high as seventh overall. I think yes. that he can fall to this range. He's a really good player. It's just kind of team fits is kind of the issue with him. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Okay. Washington Commanders at 16. Uh, this is more of a player that I heard attached to the Commanders in a trade-out situation, a trade-back scenario. Um, but sometimes I like to connect them at their current spot uh, just because I've heard the, you know, team and player attachment. And that's Osiris Torrance, the guard out of I did not have Osiris Torrance in my mock draft. He like just missed wow. the cut. Um, I think yeah. he's going round one. Yeah, I think most people do. There's There was like the 35, 36, 37 players this draft that are definitely going round one. So he just happened to uh, just miss out. But uh, they need offensive line. They need cornerback help. And then there was some news about their edge rushers potentially being on the block as well. Washington's one of those teams where I can see them going in a million different directions, especially with uh, their coach on the hot seat, new ownership coming in. Like it's a team that's just very tough to figure out. Um, with Osiris Torrance, you know, they're moving Sam Cosby to right guard. That's where Osiris Torrance has started over his last three years. But as a freshman, he started every single game at left guard. So he already has worked on both sides. Pittsburgh Steelers. I know a lot of people are going to connect Joey Porter Jr. here. I'm actually going with, Deontay Banks, another cornerback. First, let me say, I am into the idea and belief that the Pittsburgh Steelers do want to trade up for an offensive lineman, whether it be, I don't know if, I think Pierce Skronsky, one of their beat writers already came out and said they view him as a guard. So I don't know if it would be Broderick Jones or, or someone else, or I would highly doubt that they'd be able to get up from 17 to three to go and get Paris Johnson. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I have Darnell Wright sliding here. Darnell Wright, I think his, uh, Draft range is pretty wide because there's some character concerns. Um, I know that you had him at ninth overall. I can see that being kind of where it starts. I can see him sliding all the way, all the way, all the way down. I think that Daniel Jeremiah might have him like 31st overall or something like that. Wow. I met him in the middle. I gave uh, the Steelers Darnell Wright. I would not be surprised if it's corner or offensive line. I think Darnell Wright, the latest he's on the board, is actually the pick before this one with the Washington Commanders. I heard they signed off on everything. Um Okay, but with the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, and Anton Harrison, we're going to get to him maybe in this spot too, but I'm going with Deontay Banks. Now, Alex Kazora, um, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, does great job covering and has for a very long time uh, as a fan their draft process. Yep. He has noted over the last, what, 11 drafts, head coach, general manager have attended the pro day or visit um, of their first round pick. They did not go to Maryland. However, Maryland's pro day was during the owners meetings this year. So they could not attend, did bring in Deontay Banks for a visit. And as you have noted in our Slack, Mike Tomlin's son is in the same recruiting class as Deontay Banks at Maryland. So the dot connecting is 100% still there. Yeah, I love this one. It's a big galaxy brain one. Also just happens to fit perfectly where Deontay Banks ranges. I think late part of the teens and early part of the 20s is where he belongs. Team need, in addition to all the stuff that you just mentioned. Love it. 18, this is an ideal pick for a, a team that did not get a defensive lineman early on. Uh, Lucas Van Ness to pair opposite Aiden Hutchinson and Josh Paschal and James Houston. And anyways, all those guys, you know, like it is wild the defensive front that they can bring up there i would expect this to be the absolute latest that lucas van Ness would be on the board i wouldn't be shocked if he's the pick at number 10 overall instead of of nolan smith i heard secondhand that he's a top five player on one team's board 
Yeah, I had Van Ness going 11th to the Falcons with a little trade with the Titans over there. So I think yeah, I think Lucas Van Ness anywhere from, let's say, 8th to the Falcons all the way down to this range, probably his sweet spot. Uh, Lions, it's really kind of depends. If if they like Devin Witherspoon, then obviously they're not going to drop a corner here. But if, if it's a quarterback that they love or something like that, there are corners that are also in this range. So they're, they have, they're in a perfect spot to be like, corner, best player available. They can either... There's sweet spots in both of their picks right now. Yeah, just to talk through that, as Hayden said, like maybe they are the Anthony Richardson team or a Will Levis team or a CJ Stroud team at number five. Six. Um, six. Sorry, Seahawks are five. Um, Emmanuel Forbes is in this spot or Joey yep. Ford Jr. or maybe Deontay Banks drops. Like this is a little pocket, a little sweet spot for cornerbacks potentially. Yeah, this is a great draft for Brad Holmes. They got multiple picks on date uh, on in the second round as well. And this the board's kind of falling to exactly where their team needs are. Everybody Buccaneers pick 19. I'm going with Anton Harrison. Uh, you know this, Hayden, since we, you know, record shows together for like two or three weeks. I've been saying that Anton Harrison is going to be a first round pick. I've seen him on some at like pick 31, or I think he's going earlier than that. Let's put it yes. that way. All the offensive tackles are going to go early. I did a three round mock draft. If you're still sick and want to go watch that stream with Sosa looking at team needs specifically, one of my big takeaways after going through that exercise is there's a pretty big drop off at tackle relative to other positions. I think that cornerback kind of goes all the way through edge rusher goes all the way through into day two offensive line really does not, especially at tackle, particularly even at left tackle. So if Anton Harrison's the consensus fifth offensive tackle, well, there's a bunch of teams that need him. Um, so I think he's gonna go high. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. I went off the board at uh, pick 20 to the Seattle Seahawks. This even shocked me. I'm going to go with Hendon Hooker here. Um, yes, this is ahead of Will Levis in my mock draft. Crazier things have happened in the NFL draft, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there is a collective around the Seahawks right now that believes that they are going to exit this draft with a quarterback. And it makes sense. Like, when you theoretically get the number one defensive player on your board, whether that be Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson at number five overall, this is almost like an extra pick, right? And look, they just had a quarterback who was older blossom in a downfield passing offense who came from an offense in college that many people questioned, you know? Um, I understand they still have like $4 million in Drew Locke and Geno Smith's contract is can be a one-year deal, two-year deal, whatever you want to be. It's basically a two-year deal. Anyways, 
I think that this is a really nice spot for Hendon Hooker here, and it allowed me to get him in my first round. Hooker's at 1 a.m., and your fiance has not left you. That's good news for you. There we go. Um, who do you have here at pick 20 to the Seahawks? Um, well, real quick, I had Hendon Hooker going 18th to the Lions for very similar reasons as you laid out with the Seahawks. This is a bonus pick. They have room for a quarterback, uh, two in particular. Hendon Hooker can sit behind Goff. He can sit behind Geno and then take over later on. So I think this is the right range for Hendon Hooker. He's been left off a lot of mock drafts, um, but I Almost hear... Did. I hear that he's very well liked by teams and that there's just, I think he's just going to go early. Uh, Hayden in his column has all these videos that you can click on. You can also check out the rest of the videos on the channel. We did 26 prospect profiles this year. Um, you all need to be subscribed. You need to hit that notification bell. If you have seven to 20 minutes, these prospect profiles are like the perfect encapsulation of a player's strengths the concerns, how they might fit in the NFL. They really are a joy, and producer Weaves crushed that Massive win for us. And by the way, before you tilt your face off, if you don't like some of these picks, go watch our video and make sure that your uh, tape evaluation isn't wrong. <laughs> and if you think, no, this isn't going to happen, uh, welcome to the NFL draft, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Uh, and just a reminder, uh, this channel created the greatest mock draft of all time two years ago. All right, Los Angeles Chargers. I have Zay Flowers here. Um, light buzz for me, Zay Flowers could go much earlier than this. Zay Flowers could go pick 11 to the Tennessee Titans as maybe the wide receiver one off the board. Uh, Steve Smith light may or may not have been a phrase that has been uttered in the Los Angeles Chargers draft room. And in terms of vertical player and a different type than what they have here, um, I think Zay Flowers definitely, definitely could fit that. Yeah, I think Daniel Jeremiah was one of them that had Titans to with Zay Flowers 11th really? overall. Yeah, so there's very serious Zay Flowers buzz. I had it with uh, Michael Meyer at 21st to the Chargers. That's going to be a pretty common selection. And that I have the Seahawks uh, with Jordan Addison, and I have Zay Flowers just coming up. And so this is, I think, probably the most appropriate range for him, but there's some serious buzz that Zay Flowers, by the way, like to me, it's very easy to fall in love with this dude. Like, go listen to him yeah, for yeah, five yeah. seconds. Previously on the Seahawks at 20, I had a wide receiver and then I was informed that we've done just like a ton of homework on second round wide receivers like Tyler Scott, a few other types like that. And it might not where they go in their first investment. Okay. Baltimore Ravens. Um, I have Emmanuel Forbes here. Their second outside corner is a, uh, is a question mark to yes. put it nicely. Just like Anton Harrison for weeks, I've been talking about Emmanuel Forbes as a first rounder. If it's not here, I think the absolute latest Emmanuel Forbes on the board is, is the Cincinnati Bengals late in round one. I also had a corner, Deontay Banks, uh, but that's because Ooh, I yeah. had Emmanuel uh, Forbes going earlier than this. So Wow, I like that. Um, yeah, Banks and Forbes, I think, are going to be competing for very similar spots, and there's a lot of cornerback needy teams kind of in this range, so... The Ravens can trade back because they don't have all their picks. I've seen some rumors that they want to make Lamar Jackson happy, but I'm not sure if the value's here. Uh, I, I like Deontay Banks, Emmanuel Forbes right here. Forbes going higher than my next pick and Joey Porter Jr. may have seemed crazy a few weeks ago. I don't think it's crazy at all anymore. Uh, JPJ is like a scheme fit, but he is the perfect scheme fit for what Brian Flores and this team 
wants to utilize at their outside cornerback spot for the Minnesota Vikings at 23. For me, it's wide receivers and corners for the Vikings. I had him go Quinton Johnston here, um, but I would not be surprised if it's Joey Porter. I, and this is this is falling for Joey Porter, but all mm. the kind of latest buzz is this is where he most likely is going to belong. I had him at 25th. Yeah. Okay. 24. I hinted at it in a previous show yesterday. John Shipley since has reported that Cam Robinson is facing a suspension. Um I wish I had read that report uh, in terms of the details that he disclosed. What details did he five disclose? Minutes, Let's put it that way. I was five minutes late to this. I submitted this, and then the basically the first tweet I saw was this, and I was so mad. Um, PEDs. Okay, did he say what it was for? He said it was for PEDs? Yeah. Okay, good. I just didn't know what I was allowed to say. Um, so PEDs, if you get suspended for that, this also nullifies the guarantees on your contract. Correct. So basically, Cam Robinson might not have a future. And I'm just speculating here, might not have a future on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the Jaguars, while they do love Brian Branch 100%, and that's the chalk, and it can absolutely happen. That's what I think. Uh, I think that they would love Anton Harrison to play left tackle for them. That might be the ideal pick. Um, I've also heard, and I think Shipley put this on there, Osiris Torrance as an interior piece for them. But I'm going totally off the wall here because all great mock drafts have to have one that's very different. And I'm going with Matthew Bergeron, the left tackle out of Syracuse, to come in and take over for Cam Robinson immediately. Bergeron is a name that I've mentioned on the show previously that also Tom Pelissero put in his quote-unquote six surprise first-rounders that could enter the top 31 overall picks. Yeah, I sadly have Brian Branch here, but this one makes a lot of sense. Uh, I looked into Bergeron, a little bit older, middle mid-tier athlete, but apparently everyone loves this dude. And uh, the Great Jaguars, week, apparently, the Jaguars don't have a choice here. I mean, they they were already going into this banking on Walker Little playing right tackle, and that's why I had, like Darnell Wright here for a long time. If the top five offensive tackles go before this, the Jaguars are either going to have to trade up and go get one, or they're going to have to reach. On one, but this is we're in desperation mode for the yes. Jaguars with this news. There's not offensive tackles out there just waiting. Maybe they trade for like Jonah Williams or something like that, but we'll see. Yeah. For a team that is supposed to win their division, that made the playoffs last year, that won a playoff game and should be taking a leap this year with Calvin Ridley, yeah. you can't lose Jawan Taylor and your starting left tackle in the same offseason. And you're also trying to potentially protect uh, Trevor Lawrence. Right. Um, so that one might seem crazy. And look, your Brian Branch suggestion truly might happen. I'm just, I'm actually going with the unlikelier outcome here of Matthew Bergeron, but the one that might shock people. Yeah, I like it. I'm here for it. 25. This is where I have Brian Branch. You had this in an earlier mock draft and I made fun of it. Uh, <laughs> crossed my mind. There's uh, so Brian. many of those this year. I swear. <laughs> no, I mean, we're not talking about Jalen Hyatt on the show. That's for sure. Uh, Brian Branch, Alabama, Brian Dayball. Alabama, Wink Martindale. This isn't an outside corner that he needs, but you know this team lost Julian Love. They need defensive back pieces just generally. And Brian Branch, if you play him in the slot, if you play him a bit deeper, he's kind of like your movable piece that can succeed in a whole bunch of situations. And you have him and Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau kind of build that defense around. I have Joey Porter here, so I agree with, with all that. This is right in that range. Yep, totally agree with that. Okay potentially another stunner. I have Dalton Kincaid going ahead of Michael Mayer. 
I think Dallas, despite what Mike McCarthy said in terms of wanting to run the football, they also understand they need to get more explosive. Dr. Kincaid, uh, his feel for zone coming out of college as a tight end is unreal, unreal. And he's so fluid, so fluid after the catch. And someone sent a video clip to me of Brian Broadus recently, who's very connected to the Cowboys organization on the radio saying, you know what? The Cowboys actually might prefer it if Michael Mayer is off the board so they can get Dalton Kincaid. And that stood out to me in making this pick. I also made it. Good news. Go watch Dalton Kincaid, fun player. Uh, We're kind of speculating on how good he's going to be, but go watch the tape. He's he's a fun player. Uh, Real quick, how high do you think that Daniel Jeremiah had Dalton Kincaid? Yeah, really high, like top 13. I think he had on the Packers, right? Packers 13. I mean, I don't know if that's bias. Look, we had spent the first 15 minutes being like, hey, DJ's on to something, even though I got my information from someone else not named Daniel Jeremiah. Um, But... He had him as a top 10 overall prospect yeah. and then a top 15 overall mm-hmm. pick. I could see it. I mean, I could totally see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this would be fun. Dalton Kincaid's like Dalton Schultz, but like his first step movement and, and field for zone is just fucking awesome. So let's go. Hey, Buffalo Bills. This one is another that I went back and forth on. Am I going to go Mozzie Smith? Am I going to go Jack Campbell, the linebacker out of, or Jake Campbell? Jake Jack Campbell. Campbell. Jack Campbell. Iowa. Out of Iowa. Um, because every time Daniel Jeremiah mentioned the Bills, he would always tag it with "Look out for Jack Campbell," which makes sense. He'd co- instantly come in and be a starter. But I'm looking down the line a little bit. I don't think Ed Oliver is long for this team. They also have Jordan Phillips, or did, and Tim Settle, and Daquan Jones, and all these defensive tackles. They don't have one under contract for 2024. So Mozzie Smith is a big body, which I think Sean McDermott covered, covets, who's also athletic and can push the pocket. Yeah, I struggled with the Bills. I ultimately went with the wide receiver, but the defensive tackles were certainly on my radar. And so was Jack Campbell. I wanted to do it. If there was another team or two that also had some Jack Campbell buzz, I would have made it here. But it seems like Jack Campbell is like the Bills or bust, so I couldn't justify putting him in my mock draft right now. Quickly going back to the Giants, I wanted to put my third wide receiver there in Jordan Addison. Uh, but I chose not to, and I only have two wide receivers in the top 31. So no, no Jordan Addison. I have no Jordan Addison in the top 31. <laughs> Sorry. I'm out here. Good night. Uh, Bengals. Congratulations to you. Joe Goodberry at pick number 28. Michael Mayer falls to you. Um, Michael Mayer is not just an inline tight end. He is also can be detached and he can be used all around. Just go watch that UNC game where they literally run push passes to him. He's not baby Gronk. He's not just an inline dude. Um, and I think he's a great fit for the Bengals. Bengals, it's like tight ends. There's this is where the Jameer Gibbs speculation, I think, really starts to kick into play. I went Kalijah Cansey because I was struggling to find Kalijah Cansey fits. Uh, I'm guessing that you don't even have him in your first round mock draft, which nope. I think is totally possible. Uh, but I linked him up with kind of Geno Atkins, this undersized pass rusher. And it's a, it's a it's a team fit. I think Joe Goodbury he put posted his link of who he thinks is on the, the short list. And I think both Mayer and Kansi were on. I it. mean, just like we talked about with Kincaid, I could see Michael Mayer being the pick at number 13 to the Green Bay Packers. You yeah. know, I think this range of tight ends, it's so almost wide. like, yeah. And I, I think everyone's going to like these tight ends if they pass Dawson Kincaid's medicals, you know? Yeah. They're both really liked. Yeah. New Orleans Saints. Uh, I have Will McDonald at this selection. Um, 
he's not your typical Saints pass rusher. He's a bit wiry, spidery instead. But uh, they certainly need that help in terms of rushing the passer. Yeah, I got an edge rusher to the Saints that'll kick uh, McDonald's ass and Miles Murphy, uh, and that's what they like. Yeah. I think I think it's defensive line here. It just kind of who's available, really. All right, uh, we're at thirty, and guess who's still on the board for me? Will Levis. Um, look, you all might think I am an idiot for doing that, and maybe I am. Maybe he goes as the number four overall pick, but I don't. If if Will Levis doesn't go number two, which I'm pretty certain he is not going to, or you know, pick three with a trade-up or the Houston Texans at 12, let's just say that, um, and then he doesn't go with the Colts at number four, I think we're in for a steep fall for Will Levis. And uh, in this case, we have the triple podium action and the Houston Texans trade up for Will Levis and get who honestly might be their like quarterback three in grading now. Um, but yes, they don't have to roll into 2023 in this case with Davis Mills as their starter. We did not talk about this, but I also have this exact move where yep. they trade up for Will Levis. Yeah, the Will Levis stuff, it's it's super interesting. I think both you and I could admit that he can go as high as fourth. I guess in theory, he can still go second overall, but I think up to four all the way down here, I think is totally possible. There's some reports out there that he he's in a bad guy is what people say. It's just that there's like some quirkiness to his personality and how it's going to fit. Maybe. Yeah. So um, we'll see what happens. Also, by the way, Will Levis was just not very good last year versus in, in my opinion, versus Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. I think this kind of summarizes where I am with this mock draft since nobody really truly knows all that much. I was sticking with kind of consensus boards and Will Levis was like consensusly ranked at, uh, 18th overall, and typically quarterbacks go after where they're uh, ranked. So we'll see. Yes, I I agree with all of that. Um, and I think you pointed out the Eagles only have six selections here. Like a Correct. lot of them are early, obviously in the two first rounders. So it wouldn't shock me if they're just totally fine to drop from you know 30 to 32 or 33, 33, 33. The others have two. Um and pick up just an extra selection to have and drop back three spots, you know, mm -hmm. no big deal. All right. To Frank Clark, you have like a trio of pass rushers with, um, Karloftis, Ominihue, and now miles Murphy on the edge too. Yeah. I, I think miles Murphy is definitely going round one and the Chiefs really need another edge rusher. So I think the offense tackles are going to probably trade up for one unless they're going to reach for one. And then the wide receivers, we'll see if they're in play. But there's some veteran wide receivers, I think, are on the market. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, everyone's mentioning that Peter Schrager posted some interesting tweets. Yeah, he had um, a little thread. Okay, can we bring – I'm going to bring them up. Yeah, of course. Does that work for you? Oh, yeah, love um, Schrager. Okay, let's pull them up and just uh, react to them for the people. Let me uh, fix this. Bang, bang. By the way, it's 1 a.m. Josh has a fiance right now who can leave him at any moment. If you're at least not subbing to this, uh, please log off. Yeah, smash that subscribe button. Come on. We're all losers together. All right. Some draft eve stuff from Peter Schrager. As I said, for a week, both running backs will go in the first round. Gibbs somewhere from 20 to 31 range. Bijan can go anywhere from 8 to 31. Um, that's not Do you see that Venn diagram? That's a Venn diagram right there. There's a chance. Yeah. So, okay, from 20 to 31, Hayden, let's find the uh, the Jameer Gibbs places. All right, so that's Seattle, 
Chargers. Is Josh's Wi-Fi effed? Is it my Wi-Fi? I'm back. I'm I'm not sure if I'm back or you're back. I don't know who who disappeared. But I'm back. You're back. I'm okay. back. So 20 to 31. Who do you think is the uh is the team that could take him? Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. I think the Chargers would not do it. Um maybe the Ravens, I can see doing it. Kind of like a J.K. Dobbins with with his knees still on. Uh, I don't think the Jaguars could giants can't Cowboys. I keep seeing the Cowboys linked to him, but like Tony Pollard, and Jameer Gibbs are like too similar to me. That one totally. doesn't make all that much sense to me. The bills. I don't think they can. They just took like a James cook version. Yep. I'm, uh, the Bengals would be the team that I can definitely see yep. it happening. Uh, saints, but potentially, but mm. I, I think they've committed Kansas city. Much. I think might might be the interesting yeah. team of that group. It's yeah. like the offensive weapon. I'll go Bengals and Chiefs. All right. Next, I see Zay Flowers, JSN, and Jordan Addison all going in the 10 to 20 range. Wow. Um, yeah, I can see it with Zay Flowers and JSN. And I guess Jordan Addison, I mean, I, that trio, however you rank them, I totally understand. But like that 10 to 20 range, okay? Philadelphia, I don't think, is taking a wide receiver. We've talked about how Tennessee could, yes. Maybe Houston as well. Green Bay, yes. New England could. Um, but the Jets, the Jets are not taking Come a wide on. receiver. They're about to cut Corey Davis. They need to get rid of wide receivers. The Washington Commanders are not taking a wide receiver. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not taking a wide receiver. Maybe the Detroit Lions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't either. And Seattle is the next one. So like, it's just that top group yeah. of 10 to 20 uh, as of right now, unless the team trades up, obviously. Is the Galaxy Brain dot connecting Jordan Addison to Kenny Pickett too much for you? Yeah, I mean, they just, I know that they didn't have to pay very much, but like now Allen Robinson is in the fold too. Like that's three people, you know? Yeah, I think it's too much. Um, okay. I think, I think JSN is going to go early. There's a chance they Flowers does, but I think the actual wide receiver teams, it's like Seahawks, Chargers, Bills, uh, I'm forgetting a couple Vikings are right in there. The, the Ravens, I think like early 20s is kind of the wide receiver sweet spot. You hated when I said this because it goes to your comparison that I made fun of, but Jordan Addison to the New York Giants to be like an outside Stefan Diggs-ish player in terms of one-on-one -on -one isolation yeah. route running. I think that does make sense because I don't think the Giants have that type. No, they have a bunch of tiny guys, but none of them can run routes like Jordan Addison. And he's not Stefan Diggs. I mean, I am pushing back on that tremendously. But if we're talking like Emmanuel Sanders, Calvin Ridley-esque type. Okay. Uh, everybody, everybody go watch the Jordan Addison video and can carry on with the debate. Shrags, Devin Weatherspoon to Detroit at six sounds right. You and I both had that. Yes, it does. Tennessee making calls. This is how we led the show. Uh Diana Rossini's report. I won't bring it up. You can check out the mock draft. I put the link in actually the chat as well. Um, she is on location in Tennessee, very close to Mike Vrabel, and is saying that they have one quarterback that they want, and they'll do, quote, anything they can to make it happen. Bang. It's, uh, to me, it's... It's kind of aligning. Do, I'm do just you, saying. Do you think they would like Will Levis? No. So you think it's it's Stroud or Richardson? Yes. Let's go. One of us is getting this damn pick right. That's More all I asked for. More drafty stuff from the great Trags. Kincaid and Mayer will both go 10 to 25. Okay. 
So then what position is Foley if all of these? You start doing the math and everyone's a top 10 pick, a top 20 pick. Everyone's left out of the mock draft. Man. Right. Uh, might not know what Houston is doing at two until the card is submitted. Everyone has an opinion, seemingly all different. That is fun. Just to update everyone and how this started, we have all been led to believe that the Houston Texans were not into CJ Stroud throughout this entire process, right? I still believe if they had to make one selection at number two, it is Will Anderson. But what I got a call at 11.40 p.m. on Wednesday is that they want to move up from that number 12 pick with their eyes on C.J. Stroud. Now, that might have to be to number three, and that might be impossible to do. And they are very interested on who the Indianapolis Colts are taking and what quarterback they're taking at number four. But that trade-up gets a lot easier once you get to seven with the Raiders or eight to the Atlanta Falcons or 10 to the, obviously, um, Philadelphia Eagles. But it also gets easier, as we talked about, for the Tennessee Titans, who might be after the same quarterback. My guess for the Titans is they would love C.J. Stroud. It may just be impossible for them to get up there. So... We'll see. I think that they would definitely be in play for Anthony Richardson. I think either one of them uh, makes sense. Could I? Could I just ask you a question? Like, go through the Galaxy Brain situation here. Yeah, let's do it. Who was leak? I, mean, I shouldn't say leaking, but who was the one bringing attention to all the CJ Stroud potential negatives? Like, do because it wouldn't make sense for the Texans to necessarily be doing that if they were the team. I, I guess. I guess if they wanted CJ Stroud to fall and then for them to come back up to twelve. But that's a lot of galaxy branding. Was it the Colts saying this? No, you know what? I don't think leaking is the right term. I think, like, look, every person doesn't get along with every single person on earth either, you know? And, like, maybe um, every team doesn't get along in the same exact way with every single prospect. Like, I firmly believe that the Panthers, when they trade up to number one, we're open to the idea of drafting Bryce Young or CJ Stroud and Bryce Young just won that process, you know? Um, So look, it sounds by everything, what we have heard Bryce Young's process was perfect. And I don't know if the same exact thing can be said about CJ Stroud. You and I love him as a prospect, but again, the narrative, the storylines have not been identical, you know? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just confused who would be pushing this so strongly. I don't know. Yeah. I Ultimately, don't. that goes back to if you can throw 40 touchdowns and barely throw any interceptions. Really good. CJ Stroud is so good. He's a, he's like such a freak when it comes to his accuracy. Everybody go watch the CJ Stroud. We talked about like kind of his upside comps, where he can kind of be. I think like his floors more or less Jared Goff. I think that his upside case is probably closer to Dak Prescott. If you can dream really big then you can get closer to Joe Burrow. But I think that's a pretty good prospect in general. Okay, we have six minutes. We're going to finish this before an hour, Hayden. Okay. Um, Washington happy with Sam Howell. We've known that for a very long time. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes is a lot of fans in the league at 170 pounds. He's unapologetic about it. Teams love his physicality and attitude first rounder. Uh, yep, we had this two weeks ago. Arizona GM Monty Austin Fort has connections to Vrabel. I am an Arthur Smith. Hayden, how did I open this conversation? The dots are connecting. The planets are aligning for the late information that might shake up the NFL draft for either the Texans or the Titans to turn this thing upside down as long. Well, this could even be at number three as the Colts don't take their guy at number four. Just saying. 
I'm Jeff's- not. I'm not the crazy guy, Doc, from Back to the Future over here. I know what I'm talking about. I watched Back to the Future, completely overrated movie. I really did not understand. Well, Back to the Future 2 was better than Back to the Future 1. Yeah, I watched the original. Even more pre-draft nuggets from Peter Schrager. Go ahead. Uh, Real quick, to get from the Titans up to the Cardinals, it's going to require basically a future first-round pick plus more. We'll see if the Titans are ready to do that or not, but that's basically what we're looking at. All right. Last three jets won't reach at 15 for an offensive tackle. If one of their preferred guys doesn't fall to them, at least for me, I firmly believe broader Jones is uh, one of their preferred offensive linemen. Makes sense. Jordan Addison second mention in this thread has lots of fans around the league may go earlier than he's being listed in mock drafts. I don't even have him the first round. So maybe I'm shit out of luck. Imagine doubting a single Trojan ever. He was better as a Pittsburgh Panther. Uh, defensive ends, Miles Murphy, Lucas Van Ness, Nolan Smith, all should go at 10 to 25. So basically, Hayden, we have 30 Everybody. players that are going from 10 to 25 yeah. based on this thread. And this is why the NFL draft is so great. And I love Peter Schrager. He definitely has connections to all these teams oh, and yeah. stuff too. So like, Triggs is the man. He's he's the man. Love Triggs. All right. This has been a whirlwind. Uh, it was not as clean of a video that I envisioned this morning, but I, I think that it was worthwhile for all of you because if you nerd out on this stuff like me, I want to convey everything that I was hearing in this moment. So all 750 of you at this moment, subscribe to the damn channel, okay? And actually tomorrow, we have a full first round live draft stream with me and Hayden and also the Tro Weather Show. So it's Tyler and it's Coley. It's going to be unlike any other draft stream you've seen. We'll bring the seriousness. They'll bring the comedic relief. And uh, fun will be had by all. As will drinks will be consumed at the same exact time. I'll bring the liquor. It's going to be a good time. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Click the links. Click the mock drafts in the description down below. And definitely check out all the prospect profiles we have on the channel. There's going to be so much more after the NFL draft as well for New Mexico, for Rex, for Tony, for Al Bundy, for Don, and for producer weaves up the villa in fifth place. Still, we'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya.